Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Thursday, October 5th. It's hard to believe that another year has gone by and we are almost done with completing a one-year reading cycle through the entire Bible. The new one-year Bible reading cycle begins on October 9, 2023. We have posted the reading schedule for the 2023-24 year on the Daily Audio Torah website, right on the homepage. It's downloadable and you can print it out if you like. Congratulations for reading along with me through the entire Bible in one year. I encourage you to keep on going. This is one of the ways that Yeshua our Messiah speaks to us through His Word. He also speaks to us through His Holy Spirit. Staying in the Word keeps our discernment sharp. As we hide the Word of God in our hearts, this protects us from propaganda, lies, and deception that is prevalent in the mainstream media and culture today. How has this one-year journey of reading the Bible impacted you? I would love to hear your comments or feedback. You can reach me at bridgeconnector at startmail.com or you can post a comment in the box below. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Sukkot Shabbat. Ezekiel 38, 18-23 But this is what the Sovereign Lord says, When Gog invades the land of Israel, my fury will boil over. In my jealousy and blazing anger, I promise a mighty shaking in the land of Israel on that day. All living things, the fish in the sea, the birds of the sky, the animals of the field, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and all the people on earth will quake in terror at my presence. Mountains will be thrown down, cliffs will crumble, walls will fall to the earth. I will summon the sword against you on all the hills of Israel, says the Sovereign Lord. Your men will turn their swords against each other. I will punish you and your armies with disease and bloodshed. I will send 
torrential rain, hailstones, fire, and burning sulfur. In this way, I will show my greatness and holiness, and I will make myself known to all the nations of the world. Then they will know that I am Yahweh. Jeremiah 4.19-6.15 My heart, my heart, I, Jeremiah, writhe in pain. My heart pounds within me, I cannot be still. For I have heard the blast of enemy trumpets and the roar of their battle cries. Waves of destruction roll over the land until it lies in complete desolation. Suddenly my tents are destroyed. In a moment, my shelters are crushed. How long must I see the battle flags and hear the trumpets of war? My people are foolish and do not know me, says the Lord. They are stupid children who have no understanding. They are clever enough at doing wrong, but they have no idea how to do right. I looked at the earth and it was empty and formless. I looked at the heavens and there was no light. I looked at the mountains and hills, and they trembled and shook. I looked, and all the people were gone. All the birds of the sky had flown away. I looked, and the fertile fields had become a wilderness. The towns lay in ruins, crushed by the Lord's fierce anger. This is what the Lord says, The whole land will be ruined, but I will not destroy it completely. The earth will mourn, and the heavens will be draped in black because of my decree against my people. I have made up my mind and will not change it. At the noise of charioteers and archers, the people flee in terror. They hide in the bushes and run for the mountains. All the towns have been abandoned. Not a person remains. What are you doing, you who have been plundered? Why do you dress up in beautiful clothing and put on gold jewelry? Why do you brighten your eyes with mascara? Your primping will do you no good. The allies who were your lovers despise you and seek to kill you. I hear a cry, like that of a woman in labor, the groans of a woman giving birth to her first child. It is beautiful Jerusalem, gasping for breath and crying out, Help! I'm being murdered. Run up and down every street in Jerusalem, says the Lord. Look high and low. Search throughout the city. If you can find even one just and honest person, I will not destroy the city. But even when they are under oath, saying, As surely as the Lord lives, they are still telling lies. Lord, you are searching for honesty. You struck your people, but they paid no attention. You crushed them, but they refused to be corrected. They are determined with faces set like stone. They have refused to repent. Then I said, But what can we expect from the poor? They are ignorant. They don't know the ways of the Lord. They don't understand God's laws. So I will go and speak to their leaders. Surely they know the ways of the Lord and understand God's laws. But the leaders, too, as one man, had thrown off God's yoke and broken his chains. So now a lion from the forest will attack them. A wolf from the desert will pounce on them. A leopard will lurk near their towns, tearing apart any who dare to venture out. 
for their rebellion is great, and their sins are many. How can I pardon you? For even your children have turned from me. They have sworn by gods that are not gods at all. I fed my people until they were full, but they thanked me by committing adultery and lining up at the brothels. They are well-fed, lusty stallions, each neighing for its neighbor's wife. Should I not punish them for this, says the Lord? Should I not avenge myself against such a nation? Go down the rows of the vineyards and destroy the grapevines, leaving a scattered few alive. Strip the branches from the vines, for these people do not belong to the Lord. The people of Israel and Judah are full of treachery against me, says the Lord. They have lied about the Lord and said, He won't bother us. No disasters will come upon us. There will be no war or famine. God's prophets are all windbags who don't really speak for him. Let their predictions of disaster fall on themselves. Therefore, this is what the Lord God of Heaven's army says. Because the people are talking like this, my messages will flame out of your mouth and burn the people like kindling wood. O Israel, I will bring a distant nation against you, says the Lord. It is a mighty nation, an ancient nation, a people whose language you do not know, whose speech you cannot understand. Their weapons are deadly, their warriors are mighty. They will devour the food of your harvest. They will devour your sons and daughters. They will devour your flocks and herds. They will devour your grapes and figs. And they will destroy your fortified towns, which you think are so safe. Yet even in those days I will not blot you out completely, says the Lord. And when your people ask, Why did the Lord our God do all this to us? You must reply, You rejected him and gave yourselves to foreign gods in your own land. Now you will serve foreigners in a land that is not your own. Make this announcement to Israel and say this to Judah. Listen, you foolish and senseless people, with eyes that do not see and ears that do not hear. Have you no respect for me? Why don't you tremble in my presence? I, the Lord, define the ocean's sandy shoreline as an everlasting boundary that the waters cannot cross. The waves may toss and roar, but they can never pass the boundaries I set. But my people have stubborn and rebellious hearts. They have turned away and abandoned me. They do not say from the heart, Let us live in awe of the Lord our God. For he gives us rain each spring and fall, assuring us of a harvest when the time is right. Your wickedness has deprived you of these wonderful blessings. Your sin has robbed you of all these good things. Among my people are wicked men who lie in wait for victims like a hunter hiding in a blind. They continually set traps to catch people. Like a cage filled with birds, their homes are filled with evil plots. And now they are great and rich. They are fat and sleek, and there is no limit to their wicked deeds. They refuse to provide justice to orphans and deny the rights of the poor. Should I not punish them for this, says the Lord? 
Should I not avenge myself against such a nation? A horrible and shocking thing has happened in this land. The prophets give false prophecies, and the priests rule with an iron hand. Worse yet, my people like it that way. And what will you do when the end comes? Run for your lives, you people of Benjamin. Get out of Jerusalem. Sound the alarm in Tekoa. Send up a signal at Beth Hakarim. A powerful army is coming from the north, coming with disaster and destruction. Jerusalem, you are my beautiful and delicate daughter, but I will destroy you. Enemies will surround you like shepherds camped around the city. Each chooses a place for his troops to devour. They shout, prepare for battle, attack at noon. No, it's too late. The day is fading and the evening shadows are falling. Well then, let's attack at night and destroy her palaces. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Cut down the trees for battering rams. Build siege ramps against the walls of Jerusalem. This is the city to be punished, for she is wicked through and through. She spouts evil like a fountain. Her streets echo with the sounds of violence and destruction. I always see her sickness and sores. Listen to this warning, Jerusalem, or I will turn from you in disgust. Listen, or I will turn you into a heap of ruins, a land where no one lives. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Even the few who remain in Israel will be picked over again, as when a harvester checks each vine a second time to pick the grapes that were missed. To whom can I give warning? Who will listen when I speak? Their ears are closed, and they cannot hear. They scorn the word of the Lord. They don't want to listen at all. So now I am filled with the Lord's fury. Yes, I am tired of holding it in. I will pour out my fury on children playing in the streets and on gatherings of young men, on husbands and wives, and on those who are old and gray. Their homes will be turned over to their enemies, as will their fields and their wives. For I will raise my powerful fist against the people of this land, says the Lord. From the least to the greatest, their lives are ruled by greed. From prophets to priests, they are all frauds. They offer superficial treatments for my people's mortal wound. They give assurances of peace when there is no peace. Are they ashamed of their disgusting actions? Not at all. They don't even know how to blush. Therefore, they will lie among the slaughtered. They will be brought down when I punish them, says the Lord. Colossians 1, 18-2-7 Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. 
he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you, who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles also. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you the assurance of sharing his glory. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship to Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. I want you to know how much I have agonized for you, and for the church at Laodicea, and for many other believers who have never met me personally. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you. And I rejoice that you are living as you should, and that your faith in Christ is strong. And now, just as you accepted Christ Yeshua as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Psalm 77, 1-20 I cry out to God, yes, I shout. Oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I prayed with hands lifted toward heaven but my soul was not comforted. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. You don't let me sleep. I am too distressed even to pray. I think of the good old days long since ended, when my nights were filled with joyful songs. 
I searched my soul and ponder the difference now. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And I said, this is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. But then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. O God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. By your strong arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. When the Red Sea saw you, O God, its waters looked and trembled. The sea quaked to its very depths. The clouds poured down rain. The thunder rumbled in the sky. Your arrows of lightning flashed. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters. A pathway no one knew was there. You led your people along that road, like a flock of sheep, with Moses and Aaron as their shepherds. Proverbs 24, 23-25 Here are some further sayings of the wise. It is wrong to show favoritism when passing judgment. A judge who says to the wicked, You are innocent, will be cursed by many people and denounced by the nations. But it will go well for those who convict the guilty. Rich blessings will be showered on them. I want to speak to you from our reading from Ezekiel chapter 38, and then we're going to jump into Colossians chapter 1. And so the sages, the rabbis, teach that one day when the Gog-Magog war will happen, that it will happen during Sukkot. So why is that? Every year when we come to Sukkot, One of the readings that we do during Sukkot is Ezekiel chapter 38 and Ezekiel chapter 39. And these two chapters describe the coalition of nations from the north that come down and swoop down and attack Israel. So today when we read from Ezekiel 38 uh, verses 18 to 23, it talks about how the Lord is going to do a mighty shaking in the land. He's going to rise up and he's going to defend Israel and his people. That this tremendous shaking, it's going to be a a massive earthquake, will be so huge that the fish in the sea, the birds of the sky, the animals of the field, and all the animals will quake in terror at God's presence. Mountains will be thrown down. Cliffs will crumble. And he's going to cause the enemies that come to attack Israel to turn their swords against each other. That, that's verse 21. And in verse 22, he says he's going to send down rain, hailstones, fire, and burning sulfur. That's similar to how 
uh, Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. There was fire and brimstone, burning sulfur that came down from the heavens to destroy those two cities. So the Lord is going to supernaturally intervene and put a stop to this attack on Israel. What will it take, though? What's gonna, what else will be happening at that time? I believe that the Jewish people living in the land of Israel are going to cry out to the Lord. They are going to call for a day of prayer. Four, three, two, one. So let's look at another passage that I believe is describing other events that are happening at that time when Gog Magog coalition comes in and attacks Israel. Let's look in Joel chapter 2, starting in verse 15, where it is written, Blow the ram's horn in Jerusalem. Announce a time of fasting. Call the people together for a solemn assembly. Gather all the people, the elders, the children, and even the babies. Call the bridegroom from his quarters and the bride from her private chamber. Let the priests who minister in the Lord's presence, stand and weep between the entry room to the temple and the altar. Let them pray, Spare your people, Lord. Don't let your special possession become an object of mockery. Don't let them become a joke for unbelieving foreigners who say, Has the God of Israel left them? Then the Lord will pity his people and jealously guard the honor of his land. So I believe when this coalition starts to swoop down upon Israel, that, what I just read from Joel chapter 2, is going to happen. There will be a time of tremendous crying out and prayer, crying out to the Lord, asking him to deliver Israel from this coalition of the north. So this is something that when we come into Sukkot, we always kind of look around and wonder, is this the year? Is this the time when the Gog-Magog war is going to happen? And we take a look at current events, and Iran is very, very close to becoming a nuclear-armed nation. They've made no bones about it that when they become a nuclear-armed nation and they have their nuclear weapon, that they are going to use it to wipe Israel off the map. And their primary target will likely be Tel Aviv. So that would be absolutely devastating. It would be a crippling blow to the nation because a lot of their military infrastructure and uh, logistics are in the area of Tel Aviv. So if Tel Aviv is taken out, the nation can no longer defend itself or retaliate against her enemies. So truly, this is a time to be in much prayer for Israel. Uh, Israel is very much in need of prayer because of all of the enemies around her, the Arab world around her, and all of the internal strife and division over the judicial reform issue. There's a huge contention and huge division over this matter. Now I want to go into Colossians chapter 1. 
And again, the theme of this chapter, and perhaps the theme of the entire book, is the supremacy of Christ, the preeminence of Christ. And so, verses 18, 19, and 20. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, and he is supreme over all who rise from the dead. He is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Meditate on that. Think about it. Let gratitude well up in your heart as we think about what Yeshua did for each and every one of us on the cross, suffering an excruciating death, shedding his blood so that we could be reconciled to the Father, taking the punishment of sin that should have happened to me and to you. He took it upon himself so that we would be made righteous in the eyes of the Father. We thank him from the bottom of our heart. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for this incredible sacrifice that you made for us so that we could be made right and have a right relationship with our Father in heaven. Please enjoy this beautiful worship song, Christ in You, the Hope of Glory. Yeah. 
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.